Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Shootout Podcast. I'm Ted Wyman, and I'm joined by the Derail Express. And Derail, you got lots of things that you're fired up about today. So let's get right to it. And I want to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. We've had one week to see them. Your impressions so far? Uh, my impressions so far. Let's see. Uh, so far, so good. I think uh, Devin Setaguchi is looking really good. He's uh, playing really well on that line, and Shifley's also looking good. I think Shifley looks a lot quicker this year, and uh, I think that's going to really help his game. Uh, defense, Chuba had one good game, one bad game. But uh, overall, I think he's playing really good as well. Yeah, and one mediocre game. I think the thing with the Winnipeg Jets right now, Derail, is that the have given up way too many shots. They've been averaging uh, 36, 38 shots a game against. They've given up 108 in total and only shot 78 on the opposition's net. They've given up 48 shots in the first period and only had 20. Amazingly, they've scored more goals than the other team in the first period, but that's a reflection on the goaltending from the other teams. Their starts have not been good, and they've really struggled in the faceoff circle. And I gotta say, it's a bit surprising that they've managed to come away with this two and one. They got to be pretty happy with that. I'd say they're a little bit fortunate. They got a few bounces here and there, puck luck, if you will. So I totally agree with that assessment. And yeah, you can't win in this league if you give up that many shots a game. You got to tighten it up. Well, one player that takes a lot of heat and has even taken it here on the Shootout podcast is Andre Pavlik, but he had an incredible start for the Jets. His save percentage isn't that different from usual. It's around 9.07, but he really has been great. He stole a game for them in Edmonton by playing great late. He stole a game for them against Los Angeles by playing great early, and he was very good against Anaheim as well, unfortunately. Uh, a little bit of a giveaway by uh, Zach Bogosian, a free pizza, if you will. Uh, cost the Jets that game, but realistically that game was lost long before that because the Jets just did not play well in that hockey game. I'd say they played well enough to be 2-1 and one or 1-2, one and two, but, you know, it's questionable. Uh, you know, they definitely didn't have what it took, I don't think, to win that last game on Sunday. They just weren't playing that well. I thought they were just being Solani fans. They wanted to see Solani win his last trip in Winnipeg. I thought that's what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody around here would have been all that upset if they'd have seen Timu score a goal in that game for Anaheim. But the fact that he didn't, uh, maybe the fans didn't like the fact that Anaheim won it so much. Uh, so you're obviously liking some of those guys. Evander Kane's played pretty well for the Jets so far. He sure looks fired up. Uh, there's a lot of guys doing it, but I don't think they've been strong enough defensively, and they're really going to have to shore that up. Well, I thought that's you know the main reason why they brought in Frolik, you know, for the penalty kill and also shore up on the defensive. You know, go out there and be kind of a checking line with the Ole Oakman, right? That doesn't seem to be panning out too well. So hopefully he'll chip in with more goals. He's got two so far. So how do you think Jokinen's look so far? Uh, you know what? He looks lost out there. He looks like he has no direction. He's got no motivation. I don't know, man. He's like, he's a non-factor. Well, he did score a goal and, <laughs> you know, that line, I thought that the line had generated more chances in the first couple of games than they did in most games last season. I, I think it's a better line. Uh, Jokin and Froelich and Tangrady or Wright, whoever ends up on that line. I like Tangrady for his offense more. Uh, than what they had last year. Certainly it's got uh, more speed and more size. But, you know, Jokinen has got a long way to go before he's going to be a real strong contributor for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I'll give you this. If you take a look at, say, Minnesota, and you got Zenon Kanopka, he plays uh, center, really good face-off guy. Definitely got grit, will drop the gloves with anybody. 
you know, you take uh, Jokinen out, you put him in, I think you got a different complexion. I think, you know, harder working and harder to play against. You know, I'll give you that one example right there. Uh, and less it, money for sure. Not a terrible idea, but I don't think that they want to go away from that additional opportunity for scoring. Jokinen didn't really do it, uh, but, you know, you want to have a guy in there that can contribute offensively a little more because they need that balanced scoring. That was what was so good for them in the first two games. You can't be relying on that top line all the time. And the one thing we saw last game was that Chris Thorburn came out of the lineup and Anthony Peluso goes in. Your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you I love Thorburn. Blood and Guts kind of a guy, really team guy, really well liked on the team as far as I can tell. But uh, I just think Peluso gives him a, a, a better overall fit. You know, he can drop the gloves. He's got a little bit more scoring punch. He's young. He's eager. He's ready to go. And I like Peluso on this there. Nothing wrong. I like Thorburn as well. I don't think you're going to see Chris Thorburn in a Jets uniform too much longer. Uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. He's 30 years old. Peluso's much younger. Does about the same role. You know, they're not going to need both guys, and you could see Chris Thorburn on the way out in a trade at some point. Um, not saying that's going to happen right away. And, and you know, the other thing is Matt Halischuk hasn't even been in a game yet for the Jets, and that's another guy I'm sure they'd like to get a look at. Yeah, but once again, Halischuk, 5'11", under 200 pounds, not really, you know, a physical force. See, once again, they say they want to get bigger, but everything they signed was kind of smaller. You know? well, and Halischuk's smaller than James Wright, but I think he does a lot of the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see if Halischuk does get in there, who they would put him in for. Let's move on to some other NHL news, something that got you hot under the collar. Paul Holmgren lets Peter Laviolette go after only three games at the Philadelphia Flyers, and really Holmgren deserves to be on the hot seat himself, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe he does. You know, I think uh, Laviolette, unfortunately, was a fall guy. As far as I could tell, he's a pretty good coach. I like his systems. His teams are always hard work. And I think Holmgren has just really, you know, screwed that team around. He uh, didn't get a good, you know, bona fide goaltender, which is, you know, very important in this league. He, you know, they haven't had one since, uh, you know, Telly Lindbergh crashed his car, basically. And, uh, Maybe you Ron Hextall. Yeah, but he... Uh, <laughs> You know, he got rid of Mike Richards and uh, Jeff Carter. The rumor was those guys were partying too much. You know, these are young guys. They're really good guys. Mike Richards is the second coming of Bobby Clark, as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, Paul Holmgren, I believe, has a couple of DUI uh, charges, right? So it's not like he's, uh, you know, a foreign to that kind of thing. So I think he should have shown a little bit more uh, understanding and nurtured those guys. But, you know, all the contracts he gives out, gives out big money to guys and, you know, he's he's always screwing up right and left. Everything he seems to have done backfires. So I, I can't believe he still has a job. Mike Gillis loves him, though, because it makes him look like a better general manager. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, uh, how many Stanley Cups do Jeff Carter and Mike Richards have? I think uh, more than I believe they have one. Paul Holmgren each. does, anyways. <laughs> yeah. As a general manager. And, you know, I mean, really, they uh, it, L.A. must have loved that they ended up getting those guys into their lineup because it made such a huge difference for them um, in that season when they won the Stanley Cup. Not that Mike Richards has been an exceptional scorer for them, but he's just such a good all-around gritty hockey player. Well, you got guys, you know, like Billy Guerin, you know, and uh, those guys who uh, play okay during the regular season, but the playoffs they shine, and, and Richards is one of those guys. So it's not boring around the NHL uh, yet in the first week of the season. There was a firing. There was some insanity in Colorado as uh, 
Patrick Waugh made his debut as head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. And boy, is that guy ever going to be an interesting one to watch because he's a firecracker if there ever was one. And in, it took him until the first game before he started blowing up at the refs, yelling at players, and even pushing over a pane of glass uh, towards Bruce Boudreaux of the, uh, of the Anaheim Ducks. So what do you think's in store for the rest of the season with uh, St. Patrick? Hey, that team needs a little bit of passion. I like it. You know, you know, they're feeding off that. I don't know how long if it'll last. You know, a, a long time over the long term. But for now, I think this is exactly what they needed. I was listening to Rob Ray and uh, I think Lyndon Byers talking about this, and they said uh, Boudreaux was taking offense to Patrick Watt talking to the to the players, right? But those two guys said that it happens all the time. As a matter of fact, Lyndon Byers uh, supposedly called Muckler when Muckler was giving him was the coach of uh, uh, Buffalo. He was razzing Byers, and, he, and uh, Byers said, oh, shut up, Whiskey Nose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another team I just want to touch on is a team that we talked about a bit before the season, and, and they've got off to a great start, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've uh, looked very, very good with uh, our old pal Randy Carlisle behind the bench, and you're attributing a lot of their initial success, I believe, to the guy they brought in from the Stanley Cup champion, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, David Bolin. Yeah, you know, hey, take Yoli Jokinen, put in Dave Bolin. I think that's also a good trade-up. Bolin's got a little offensive touch. I, I texted you during the game last week that uh, I thought he was a good shutdown guy with a little offensive touch. And, he's, you know, he's got a bit of a nasty side to him, which is not a bad thing, especially in the playoffs. And once again, playoff performer for sure. I'd be uh, stunned if Kevin Sheveldayoff didn't try to get his hands on Boland as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, he probably you know, tried. It doesn't mean everybody. You can't get everybody. Well, you can try. You got to identify, right? So I don't know what that is—a better scouting or whatever. But I, I see a lot of the Western Conference as well. So you know, sometimes uh, the Western Conference, all the pundits in the East are usually in bed by the time they're playing, and they just look at the stats or something. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> the stats don't always bear out what's really going on. Well, that's a fair point. And another guy that I know you love, Mason Raymond, off to a great start with the Leafs. Uh, I gotta say though. His shootout goal, I, I hope you saw it because, uh, you know, it's, it's a controversial issue in the NHL. I've seen this before. He did the full spinorama. He face-washed the goalie with the, you know, with, the, with the snow spray, and he pretty much stopped and turned around and, and put it into the open net. And everybody hates this thing except for, of course, the guys who are the shooters in the league. I think it's got to go. It's an exciting thing to watch, and that's why the NHL hasn't stopped it yet. But... You know, I remember talking to Chris Mason a couple of years ago when somebody did it to him. It was Lars Eller of the Canucks or of the Habs, and he just said, "Well, that's not a goal." He bumped me right yeah. out of the net. How is that a goal? Well, you know, I've seen that goal at least twice because I saw Mason Raven pull it here, and when it, he first did it, I objected to it because I thought it contravened the rules. I mean, it's supposed to be one one motion and everything like that, and it seemed like he comes to a stop and comes back. So I know it's kind of nitpicking, but yeah, I agree. I don't think it should be allowed, but. Uh, the NHL deemed it to be, uh, you know, acceptable. So, I mean, you play with the rules that are given, and Mason Raymond is just, you know, using the rules that are given. But personally, I, I don't like the goal. I, I agree with everything everyone says about it, everything you've said. I, I totally agree. I don't think it should be allowed. But, you know, until it's not allowed... Yeah, you got to keep doing it, and Raymond uh, scores some pretty nice goals when he does it. Let's switch gears to football and talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the Bombers made a big move this week. They trade Alex Hall, the uh, defensive lineman, all-star, probably would have been their MOP candidate, or certainly, I don't know who else you pick on this team, but he had a chance to be. And they trade him to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for a Canadian offensive lineman, Patrick Newfeld. Newfeld has three years left on his contract and is a younger player. 
And I think that the the Bombers thought that was a better building block for the future with the chance that Alex Hall was going to go to the NFL. But when you first heard about it, you didn't really like it. Uh, what was my reaction? What the hell? <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. You know, uh, I understand the contract situation. I know he might go to the NFL. But, uh, you know, the way I look at it, the Bombers, they need some linebacking. They need some secondary. That's what they need. they got three Canadian linebackers that, you know, don't really make an impact. So they got, you know, defensive end, Hall, who makes an impact. And uh, in terms of Saskatchewan, remember next year, right, the conferences are going to revert back to the east and west, and the Bombers are going to be in the west. So what if Hall goes to the NFL, doesn't make it, he comes back, Saskatchewan holds his rights, then Saskatchewan's they don't hold his rights. Year. They don't hold his rights. He's a free agent on February 15th for both right. leagues. But that being said, uh, that's why I don't think, I think this is a very good trade for the Blue Bombers. I think they had to do it. Alex Hall means nothing to them. The best they're going to do is decide whether or not they're going to be the worst team in Blue Bombers history at this point with uh, five games left to play. They have nothing to play for. Well, then they me, could afford me, to trade him, and they got a guy that they can keep for three years. That's a good move by the Blue Bombers. Let me give you a different scenario. So you take Alex Hall, you trade on the BC Lions, who uh, are lacking a little defensive end action, right? They can grab, uh, say, uh, Adam Big Hill, who's a middle linebacker, just like Aluminium's a middle linebacker. So they kind of got a glut there. A little cajoling, a little good general managership. They could have got Adam Big Hill. He could have filled the middle gap, which is really lacking for the Bombers. Take Muamba, put him outside. In my opinion, I think that would have been a better trade. But, you know, that's my opinion. And there's no chance of it happening. They're not trading Adam Big Hill. And the Bombers aren't trading uh, a defensive end who is a free agent at the end of the year for another import starter. Uh, Right now, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking to upgrade their Canadian talent. And I think that that is the biggest key to success in the CFL no matter what. And they did that. Will Patrick Neufeld be a great player for the Blue Bombers? I don't know that. But... It's a right move on paper by Kyle Walters, and I think Kyle Walters is doing a job the last little while, trading for Akeem Foster from the BC Lions and now for Patrick Neufeld, that shows that he's got the right idea for this team, and he may just be the general manager of the future for this team. Well, well, you know, time, time will tell, so I, I don't like it. You like it. You know, three years, four years from now, we'll be having this conversation, and one of us will be going, I told you so. It's a shootout. We're supposed to disagree. <laughs> there you go. We agree to disagree. All right. Hey, well, uh, what's up? Hey, uh, I think uh, I wanted to talk about the new Nets. I've been watching some hockey in the last couple of I weeks. I forgot and, that uh, one. Go for it. I don't know. I think it's kind of dangerous to the goalies. I think uh, the new design wasn't really thought out. Maybe a little hastiness trying to get more offense into this to the uh, game. And the new net design seems to be not as. Uh, heavy or balanced or whatever, so when players are hit, getting hit from behind, the net comes down quite easily. I saw Bernier in Toronto, and I guess Pavlik in Winnipeg almost got decapitated, so I think that's kind of a bit of a safety issue there. It, well, you know, it just might be. Um, I did see the one come down on Pavlik. It didn't look like anything too serious, but it did come down on him. And I did hear that uh, Dennis Bayak on the on the Winnipeg Jets broadcast say that the the nets being smaller uh, allowed for a better opportunities for a wraparound, and Devin Setaguchi scored on a wraparound against the Kings. That's when he said that was a possibility. So it'll be interesting to see if guys are, you know, especially the guys with the long reaches and the long sticks are able to get around there and get the puck in the net. But things changes like that, new nets, boy, these things are all real tough for the goalies. Their pads are so much smaller, all that kind of stuff. And 
again, just want to say Andre Pavlik off to a very nice start with the Jets, even if his numbers aren't that great. And I've criticized him in the past for having not great numbers, but, but and, you know, in this case, it doesn't matter what his numbers are. He has played extremely well in the first three games of the season. So, Daryl, very glad to talk to you again today, my friend. I hope you enjoy your week, and we'll be back next week on the shootout. There you go. And, uh, well, I had a great week. I love Timu Solani. I think he's the classiest player in the NHL. And, uh, well, I hope the Jets could uh, get him into the fold when he retires as a player somehow. Well, that's one thing you and I agree on. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Shootout Podcast.